Welcome to the City of Refuge podcast, where our mission is to equip a diverse community of Christ followers to make him known. Good morning, church. It's so great to worship with uh, this body every week and to also have people in this body who are are part of uh, what I consider to be family. I'm originally from Nigeria, so I don't have immediate family members here, and so I really consider this church to be family. And so in the spirit of talking about family, we are going to be exploring the theme of church membership this morning. So church membership. Uh, If you look over to my right, you'll see uh, something that says City of Refuge blank. City of Refuge what? Family. Okay, so let's talk about family today by looking at a passage in Scripture from Romans chapter 12. Romans chapter 12, if you have a Bible or if you have an app on your phone uh, that can take you there, just meet me in Romans chapter 12, and we will be reading from Romans 12. Verse 3 through 5. Romans 12, 3 to 5. And this is what it says. For by the grace given to me, I say to everyone among you, not to think of themselves more highly than they ought to think, but to think with sober judgment, each according to the measure of faith that God has assigned. Verse 4, For as in one body we have many members, and the members do not all have the same function, so we, though many, are one body in Christ." and individually members one of another. And verse 6, Having gifts that defer according to the grace given to us, let us them use them. If prophecy in the proportion to our faith, if service in our serving, the one who teaches in their teaching, the one who exhorts in his exhortation, the one who contributes in generosity, the one who leads with zeal, the one who acts of mercy with cheerfulness. This is the word of the Lord for his people. All right, let's go to God in prayer. Lord, thank you that we can come together as your people, as a family, to sing praises to your name, to give you all the glory and adoration, to listen to the ancient truths of Scripture and to commit to live differently because of them. I ask that that would be the case uh, because of what we talk about today and that we would truly lean into our identity as a family and a household that you have called for yourself. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. That's a really good amen, Brielle, appreciate it. Feel free to do that while I preach as well. So uh, Romans 12, 
is a passage that talks about the grace of God. If you know the structure of the book of Romans, Romans uh, starts off with the Apostle Paul talking about all these different things about who God is and how God rescues us and gives us salvation, how God justifies us, how God redeems us. If the people of Israel were the only ones to be redeemed, and Paul says, no, this is for both Jew and for Gentile. And he comes to this part in the book where Paul is starting to make a little bit of a shift. He's no longer making his big arguments theologically. He's trying to give the church practical implications for how to live based on those theological arguments. And all of his theological arguments really hinge on a certain theme, and that's the theme of grace. Grace, this idea that we are people who have been showed unmerited favor by God. We do not deserve the love of God, and we do not deserve the love that God has for his people and the love that he calls us to share with one another. All of these things are a gift of grace. God who created this world out of love, God who made the sun and the moon and the stars so we could enjoy them just because he loves us, the God who saw us and who formed us in our mother's wombs fearfully and wonderfully, that God created this world good because he loved us. And even though we decided to go a different way, we thought that there was a different way to receive God's love, we fell as human beings into what we call sin, our brokenness, our rebellion against who God is and against God's love. God did not stop loving us. And because of that love, God sent his son who had no sin into this world so that we might become the righteousness of God through the sacrifice of Jesus Christ, his birth, his incarnation as a little boy, little baby in a manger in Bethlehem a few thousand years ago. God became a human being and took on flesh because he loved us. And God walked among us and showed us what it looks like to be obedient to who God is. That's all an act of grace. This act of obedience led Jesus Christ all the way to the cross. He was crucified, he died, but that's not the end of our story. The grace of God was also present in the tomb where Jesus laid, and he was risen from the dead by the power of the Holy Spirit. God raised him triumphantly and gave us victory, so we have victory over sin and over death, and we can continue to live in the love that God has for us. But God also calls us to be a people who sit together and work together for the restoration of this world that he loves so much and has created for his glory and his purpose. This is the love that we've been talking about over the last couple of weeks from 1 Corinthians chapter 13. And yes, uh, last week, we heard that this is a love that becomes full when Jesus Christ returns. It's a love that never fails. And so as Paul is writing this letter to the church in Rome, He's asking them to think of this love and to remember this love and to live their lives in a way that is shaped only by this love because this kind of love never fails. That's grace, the grace of God that has been poured out on us. So this church that we are a part of is a gift 
of grace. None of you deserve to be a part of this church. It is a gift of God's grace. None of us deserve God's mercy. It is a gift of God's grace. None of us deserve the families that we've been born into or the jobs that we have or the food that we eat. All of it is a gift of God's grace. And until we understand that, we cannot live in God's love because all of these things are gifts from God's gracious right hand. Everything a gift of grace. And if everything is a gift of grace, that means we approach whatever gifts God gives us with humility. And so, membership in a church is a gift of God's grace that needs to be received with humility. And so in verse 3 of Romans chapter 12, this is what Paul says. For by the grace given to me, I say to everyone among you, not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think, but to think with sober judgment, each according to the measure of faith that God has assigned. So uh, a lot of times when we talk about membership, right, you think of membership, what do you think of? Membership, when you hear a club, right, or what else? A, mem- a requirement, okay. Other thoughts about membership, when you just hear the, th- the word membership. Money, all right. So you give your money, you pay your dues, and then there's something that's given to you in, in return. When I think of membership, I go back to Blockbuster. How many of you <laughs> had a block? You see, some of us are old enough to remember that. Some people are like, what's, what's Blockbuster? That was Netflix before Netflix was cool. But unfortunately, you had to actually physically go to a store, rent yourself a DVD or VHS with your membership, and then you come, you take it for like, what what was it, a week or two weeks, and then you return it, and that way you keep your membership up to date. And if you by any chance damage or lose that DVD, then you have to pay a fine. So membership was like, okay, you have this transaction, you pay for your membership, you can come rent DVDs, take them home. So you, you paid and you gave something, and then there was something that was given to you in return. You pay your money, you get some kind of service in return. And many times it's easy to think of church membership that way, right? It's easy to think of church membership as, well, I'm going to pay my dues, and in turn, the church is going to give me something, right? I pay my dues, I show up on Sundays, I put a little money in the offering plate, I give by text, and the church gives me something in return. That's the way we typically think about membership. But the way that membership is described in Scripture isn't that way. Membership is described as being a part of the body. A part of the body. So everybody, just look at, look at your hands real quick. Look at your hands all the way to your elbows and how they connect to your shoulders. Look at your feet. You can't look at your head. If you can look at your head, you're very skilled. But think about membership as being a part of the body. Being a part of the body. Our hands connect to our elbows, connect to our feet. And all of those things are in place for a specific function 
and purpose. Without those things, our body doesn't function the way that it's supposed to or has to learn how to function a different way. So God says to us that being a member of the church, the Big C Church, this global and universal body of believers, is like being a member of the body. Every member serving a specific purpose. Every member belonging to the body. Now, you might ask, well, that doesn't really mean anything about like local church membership, but that's true. What we see in Scripture is this picture of the church as the body of Christ. But remember, Romans as a letter was written to a specific church body, the church in Rome. And so there's this element of like having to be a family. When you're a family, it's really difficult to be family with people who are very, very far away. But it's a lot easier, or at least there should be a picture of commitment to a body of people that you see on a more regular basis. So what does it mean to be members of one body? Paul talks about us being many members of the body of Christ, but still being one. Though we are many, we are one body in Jesus Christ. And so on the local level in our churches, when we talk about membership, what we're talking about is that, family. What does it look like to be a covenant family of people? And I use that word covenant simply to mean a family that promises and makes vows to each other. We promise to be family. We promise and commit to love one another. We promise and commit to look out for each other. That's what it means to be a member of a church family. These commitments and these actions that we take we say to one another, I belong to you, you belong to me. We're members of the same body. So there's a few things about membership. Membership in a church means that I belong, but membership in a church also means I serve. So I belong and I serve. So when you think of belonging, there's this radical oneness that we have with people that we say we are church members of together. There's oneness that cannot be explained because that is oneness that has been bought for us by the blood of Jesus Christ and that the Holy Spirit is working in our lives. So we belong to one another in ways that we don't belong to the people that we work with. We belong to one another because we are part of the same body. But then there's service. In this chapter, Paul also talks about serving. So I belong, but I serve. Membership requires us to serve one another with the gifts that God has given us. So there's belonging, there's gifting, and there's service in the body. Everybody belongs. Everybody has a gift. And everybody serves a purpose in the body and that purpose means that we all have a part to play in the health of this family. So think of it this way. Many of us have been to restaurants, right? We're going to a restaurant and we want to eat. And so you go to a restaurant, you sit down at the table. There's somebody that comes and says, hey, may I take your order? They take your order. They take it to the back. 
people are preparing the food, that food gets brought out to you, and you sit at the table and you eat. A lot of times we call that being fed. And that's how a lot of us think about what it means to be a member of a church. We treat church like a restaurant. So I show up here on Sunday, you know, I give my order in, I need to get fed, so here's what I'm looking for today. Take it to the kitchen, let the professional cooks kind of cook everything up, bring it back out to the table, and then I'll eat and I'll be satisfied. And if I'm not satisfied, I will ask for your manager and tell him exactly what I have wrong with this meal. That's not what it means to be a member of a church. If you're a member of a church, remember if it's about family, this is more like a family potluck. What we do here on Sundays is more like a potluck. So everybody is bringing something to share. Everybody has a chore to do, whether it's setting the table or cleaning the dishes afterwards or helping to taste test. That's my favorite uh, job, by the way. But everybody has something to bring and something to share and everybody is gifted or everybody has something that they're contributing to this thing that we're doing on Sunday mornings or on Wednesday evenings in community groups or on Saturdays when we're just hanging out together. Everybody belongs and everybody serves. We're not a restaurant. We're a family potluck. And if you see that person who never brings anything to the potluck, you have some questions for them, right? They're like, hey, how come you never bring anything to the potluck? You don't even go to H-E-B and like buy something. Let's have a conversation. But we're a family. And so membership requires that level of belonging and that level of service. We're not a restaurant where we place orders. We're a family where everybody belongs and everybody has a gift to use to serve our family. So let's move on in our conversation then. We've, we've painted these pictures of church. Church as a family of members who belong to the same body, but also church not as a restaurant, but a family dinner or potluck, where we're all bringing our gifts together to serve one common purpose. So let's define the relationship. Membership. Uh, when my wife and I started dating, uh, true story, y'all, she's the one who actually defined, started defining the relationship because she was sick and she came back to the U.S. That was when we were in college. And so I was like, you know, this is, this is a bad time to ask her if she would like to go out with me. So I'll give her a couple weeks, let her get better, and then I'll ask her, hey, let's define this relationship. But she cornered me one day and she was like, hey, I've been sick for a little while, and I've noticed that you've been coming around asking how I've been doing, asking my friends how I've been doing. What is this relationship? Let's define the relationship. And of course, at that point, I was like, this is not the way it was supposed to go. I'm the person who was supposed to ask you, and you might be hopped up on the drugs that they gave you at the hospital. Maybe that's why you're asking. But I think I said something like, well, if it's cool with you, it's cool with me. It wasn't, very, it wasn't very sweet, it wasn't very romantic, and luckily my wife had a lot of grace, and she was like, okay, I'll take that, we can, yeah, let's define the relationship. But every kind of relationship has that point, right, where you come to a place where you have to say, 
okay, what is this? Like, what, what are we doing here? How are we committing to each other? What are the things I can expect of you and what are the things that you can expect of me? And at our church specifically, we do this through a couple different promises that we make to each other. These are the vows that we take at our church. And there are three major kind of categories, big categories that will put the vows that we take at our church. This is the way that we define the relationships that people who are members of this church have. The first one is a category around just professing our faith in Jesus Christ as Lord to one another. So at our church, there are these vows that we make to one another where we say, hey, do you acknowledge that you're a sinner? Do you acknowledge that you're a sinner? Do you acknowledge that you are in need of salvation and the mercy of God? Do you believe in the Lord Jesus Christ as the Son of God and that he's the only one through whom we can find salvation? And do you promise and rely on the Holy Spirit to live as a follower of Jesus Christ? Those are questions around profession of faith in who Jesus is and the work that Jesus Christ is doing in us through the power of the Holy Spirit. So we make those types of commitments to each other through public promises. Now, these are promises that you can make either to the elders of the church, the leaders of the church, or make corporately in a worship service to the rest of the body. But those promises say, this is who I believe Jesus Christ to be, and this is my commitment to follow Jesus. So public profession of faith in Jesus Christ. And the second one is a commitment to life together. So there's a promise we make at our church that says, do you promise to serve Christ in his church by supporting and participating with this congregation in the service of God and its ministry to others within the best of your ability? And so we make commitments to serve one another. We say to one another, hey, it's not enough that I just show up like this place is a restaurant so that I can get fed. I want to serve. I want to be a part of this potluck. I want to serve like a family member. So that's a commitment that we say we make to each other. And so there are different ways that you can do that. One of the biggest ways of belonging and serving is by being a part of a community group at our church. That is one of the key instruments that we say is a place where you can commit to service to other people in this body, other members of this family. We have community groups that meet throughout the week because we know that this space alone is not enough for us to be able to live life in the way that God desires for us to serve one another. And so we meet in places throughout the city. Most of our community groups are location-based. So there's community groups on the north side of town, community groups in Pearland, community groups in Third Ward, other community groups all over the city. So committing to a community group and saying, I am going to serve by joining this group of people that is committed to serving and loving one another. But service and ministry, right? Because we know that it takes a lot of work for us to come together to worship God and to serve our neighbors. And so there are different ways and different ministries at our church where if you're a member, you commit and say, I want to serve in this way. So whether that's serving with the youth or serving on the team that sings, serving by being a greeter 
to greet people as they are coming in to worship, serving by being on the preaching team, serving by being in the children's ministry downstairs on certain Sundays. There's so many ways that we commit to serving together as a body. So committing to a community group where there can be accountability and service to one another, but also committing to service in this body as well. So when we make those promises, that's something else that we're saying. We're defining that relationship and saying, as a member of this body, I commit to joining other Christians in my walk of faith, but I also commit to serving this church and this body. And then the last one, do you submit yourself to the government and discipline of this church? Now, that's always the hardest one to say yes to because in it, we are accepting that we are not perfect. As members of this body, I know that I will get sick sometimes. And if I get sick, I need my body to fight whatever sickness is in me my immune system, this body to really kick into gear and to fight off the sickness in me by admonishing me and telling me, hey, what you're doing is not right and you're never going to become like Christ if you keep doing that. I need my body to tell me this sickness is going to kill you or this sickness is going to make your body not work the way it's supposed to or your marriage is on a shaky foundation or your finances don't seem to align with the values of the kingdom of God. I need this body to be a place of admonishment, but also a place of, think about discipline not just as punishment, but as like training. Like I need this body to be a place where I can be trained to become more and more like Jesus Christ. So when you think about discipline, that's actually a good thing for anybody who says, I'm committing to this church because I know there are points in my life where something's going to happen and I'm going to need my church members to come alongside in a loving and gracious way to tell me this is not the path to take. Let us try taking a different path, a path of righteousness that the church will walk alongside. Now that's, that's a hard part of the promises we make to each other as members, but it is a necessary part if we are to become more and more like Jesus Christ, individually or even as a collective body. Submitting to church discipline, knowing that there are times in our lives where we will need correction, or knowing that there are times in our lives where we're not going to want to live like Christ and our church can be a place where we train and where we get fit spiritually where we learn to lift others up, where we become stronger in our faith. That is a benefit of committing to this body and defining a very strong relationship with the local church. So that's what membership in a church is about. Those are the steps that we as a church take in defining who's a member and who connects with us but isn't? Has that person publicly professed their faith in front of our congregation or our leaders? Has that person committed to life and community and service in a community group or in a ministry here at the church? Has that person explicitly said, 
they are willing to serve under the discipline of this church? If you answer yes to those questions, then we extend that invitation to you to join our church family, to commit to this family, because it's going to be good for you and it's going to be good for us. This is what membership is. Now, you don't have to feel forced to join our church. In fact, we don't want that because then we're no longer being a family and it's like you're being forced to join us. But as a family, we understand that God is a God of intention. And none of us actively really ever choose this church. But it is God who, in his mercy and his grace, aligns the path of this church with the paths of our lives. And so we extend that invitation and just say to you, will you consider becoming a part of our family, committing to this family of believers, committing to these people, saying that I belong to these people and they belong to me? Will you consider making commitments to the community groups that we have that meet throughout the week so that your faith can grow and you can serve in other ways throughout the city? Will you consider serving in a ministry here in our church? And will you consider understanding that you need to be trained and equipped to become a Christ follower who invites other people to follow Jesus? Our church is not perfect, but it's a good place to follow Christ. Our church is not perfect, but it's a really amazing community of people who are on this journey. Will you commit to us and make promises that we can hold you accountable to? So here are some things that I would like for you to consider after hearing this message. Consider joining our church family. If you're somebody who's been thinking about it, you've been on the fence, or maybe you're just considering this, um, pray about it. Like, think about it and pray about it. Ask people to pray with you about it. Um, tell them, yeah, I'm considering joining this church, or I have some questions about joining this church. But please consider it. Don't just brush it aside. Like, actually ask some really hard and difficult questions. As a church, we establish spiritual governance together. And so one of the things that members at our church get to do is actually select leaders who will guide and shepherd our church. And so if you are a church member, I want to invite you into a deeper level of commitment to take that very seriously. In December, we will be selecting elders and deacons to love and serve our church. Consider reading certain passages in scripture and praying through them as we go through that selection process. So passages like 1 Timothy chapter 3, verse 1 through 7, Titus 1, verse 5 through 9, talk about the characteristics that people who are elders at a church need to have. Consider reading and praying through those scriptures before voting for anybody who's going to lead our church as an elder. And pray through these scriptures, Acts chapter 6, verse 1 through 7. Acts 6, 1 through 7. And 1 Timothy 3, 8 through 12. 
as you think about people who should serve as deacons at our church. These are both passages that talk about how much importance there is in character for people who serve and lead and care for the church. So take that seriously if you are a member. Like, pray through that, read through those scriptures before we make any kind of commitments to people in the future. And then choose belonging and service in our community. After the service, uh, Pastor Brandon will be outside the community board uh, letting you know about our community groups. If you are not a member of a community group, pray and think about joining a community group as a place where you can continue your life and growth in Christ-likeness. Because the truth is, people have to know you intimately in order for you to grow in your faith in Jesus Christ. Sunday mornings are a really important part of our growth in faith because we come together to worship Christ. But the truth is, Sunday mornings are a big gathering. And so it's impossible to know people intimately in a space like this. And so our community groups provide a smaller space between 10 to 12 people who are coming together, learning about each other, a more intimate setting where we can be more honest, more open, more vulnerable to each other. So please join a community group. Think about joining a community group. And if there are places where in the past our church and our community groups have failed at actually being safe places for you to continue your growth in Christ, we are sorry about that. But we want you to know that our community groups really strive to be places where you can be cared for, where people can know you intimately, where you can grow in your Christ-likeness and your journey towards becoming more like Christ and where you can serve other people in a deeper way than we can on a Sunday morning. And then the last one is about service. Uh, there are many, many tests out there that talk about spiritual gifts, and you can take these tests to talk about like what areas you might be gifted in and how you can use those areas to serve the church. But I'd like to suggest a simple test for learning about your spiritual gifts and ways that you can serve the church. Ask the members of this church. Just reach out to somebody and say, hey, like I'm thinking about ways to serve the church. Somebody who knows you really well and knows our church and tell them, here's what I'm thinking. You know, like tell me about like the gifts that you think I have. How has God, through the power of the Spirit, gifted me to serve the church? What are some areas that I can serve this body and commit to this body? So ask somebody, pray about it, and discern if God might be calling you to serve. Again, being a part of our family means we commit to life together. So that's what it means to be a member. It's not a club. It's not a place where you pay your dues and you get your benefits. It's a family where we commit to loving one another through difficult times, a family where we commit to making sure that we are all growing in Christ-likeness. We're a family where everybody belongs and everybody serves a purpose. And so that is our call to membership. If you don't feel called to that, don't worry, we won't treat you differently. Um, this is a place where you can belong as well. We will love you, uh, but consider it at least pray about becoming a member of this church.
So hopefully I painted a slightly beautiful picture of church membership, but um, if you have any more questions about what it means to be a member of the church, please don't hesitate to ask uh, members themselves, people who are members of the church, ask uh, some of the elders and deacons or pastors at the church, and we'd love to um, pray with you and speak more with you about that. We are all members of the body of Christ. Jesus Christ is the head of our church. Jesus Christ is the leader of our family. And so we're always striving to be people who reflect those family values. We are members of the family of Jesus Christ. And in this place, there is grace and there is love and there is honor. And there are opportunities to serve and to give to one another. So for a kid from Nigeria who has no family in the city of Houston, I want to thank City of Refuge for being my family and for being a place where I can serve and a place where I belong. In Jesus' name, amen. Will you please pray with me? Lord, it's a privilege to be committed to a people to publicly voice those commitments and to remember those commitments so that when times get hard, we stay and we stick together as family or when we need to be called elsewhere, we're doing that still as family. I pray, oh God, that you would uh, stir in us a deeper commitment to one another, that we would be a church where we love and serve and commit to loving relationships that are deep with each other. I pray that you would inspire in us wisdom as we select leaders for our church, new elders, new deacons, and ultimately, God, a new pastor for our church in the future. May we be prayerful and wise and discerning as we make those decisions. God, thank you for the gift of grace that is City of Refuge. None of us deserve to be members of this church. So we pray that we would be stewards, that we would approach our commitments to this church with humility and with the grace that you pour out on us. May we be loving and gracious to one another in everything that we do. We ask all these things in the mighty name of Jesus Christ, our big brother, the head of this church family. Amen.